That talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. It's Doug Maurice and Tyler Shoemaker, the official bookmaker of Buckeye Talk. This is our second week of do this gambling show. We're talking about Ohio State football, national college football, and some under-the-radar college football, but we're doing it from a gambling perspective because T. Shoe knows what's up, and somebody has to be here to put the podcast together. So that's that's like that's why I'm here. I'm just the support staff. T. Shoe, you're the money maker. How'd you think our first pod went last week? I thought it, I thought it went great. I mean, you and I combined for sixty percent on our our conference picks. So I mean, that's excellent. If we can do that every week, then then we're we're doing our jobs. You know, unfortunately. The, my three best bets that I gave out only went one and two, which, you know, it, it happens. But if you watch those games, you know, Cincinnati, we, we gave out their kicker went 0, 0 for two on field goals and their quarterback overthrew wide open receivers all day. That would have been touchdown. So I, that was a, that was a losing bet, but it was the right side. I, I have no regrets about that. And then Boise State, who we, we had as, a, as an upset pick. Uh, on the money line had four turnovers in the first half. So that, that thing was dead on arrival. So, you know, it, it happens, but I, I thought we, I thought we did a good job. Also noting uh, Brian Kelly screwed up his first game at LSU. So I nailed that one. Yep. Way to go, Brian Kelly. Way to screw it up in your first game. So uh, I was happy to win with Florida state on that one. So we'll get into that, but we always start off by talking about the Ohio State game. And it's called, it's called Betting the Buckeyes. It's not called Betting Against Brian Kelly. Although that wouldn't be a terrible name for a show either. Not bad. Betting the Buckeyes. We like to talk about the numbers around Ohio State, where you can find value. This is the time when Tshu comes at this from, as an Ohio State fan, which he is. He's wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt right now. He's also a gambling man. But your heart and your wallet can live together in harmony. And so that's what Tshu tries to do here. Is there something that you like around this game? Ohio State is a 44-and-a-half-point favorite over Arkansas State at noon in Ohio Stadium on Saturday. Arkansas State beat uh, Grambling by a gazillion last week. 68-and-a-half is the total. So will the teams combine to score more than 68-and-a-half points or less than 68-and-a-half points? Last week, I loved the over, and it went under by like 30 points. So I don't know. What do you think of those two numbers off the start, Tyler? Because those are the the numbers that the people are going to be most familiar with around this game. Right. Yeah. So as far as the spread goes, uh, it is a little high, which is to be expected in a matchup like this when you have a marquee brand like Ohio State playing against a relative, you know, nobody to the casual fan in Arkansas State. So the line of 44 and a half is a bit high. I project this game around 39 and a half, 40 points. Um and then as far as the total goes, I actually, as soon as this opened at 68 and a half, I bet it and I tweeted it out immediately. Ohio State, Arkansas State under 68 and a half. Um, I project this game at like 62. And honestly, even if the Ohio State offense, you know, finds its rhythm again this week, I just struggle to see how Arkansas State's going to score points in this game. You know, they they do play really fast. They're one of the, the leading tempo teams in the country and their defense is bad, but from what we saw out of the Ohio State defense last week, if they show up anything like that, I don't know how Arkansas State's going to score points. So my projection technically is like 51-11, but I won't be surprised if this is more like 55 nothing or 55-3. I think it goes over if Ryan Day decides he wants to score 10 touchdowns. 
right? This is in games like this. And again, we can talk about this because I think it's a good time to talk about it. College football games like this, you have to read the mind of the coach a little bit because it's more than just what the matchup, what the numbers tell you, because how, how long does Ryan day want to play his starters? How much action does he want to get Kyle McCord as the backup quarterback? How much does he want to make a statement with either the passing game or the run game? How much do they want to work in some of the backup safeties and corners on defense who barely, who didn't get in last week? Those decisions affect something like this when you're talking about given 44 and a half or whether you're talking about a 68 and a half point over under. There's a couple games like when you look back in the Ryan Day history. 2018, when he was the head coach, when Urban Meyer was suspended, his very first game, game, they scored 77 on Oregon State. And then in 2019, they scored 76 on Miami Miami of Ohio. I think that's what you're talking about if you're taking the over. Because you, you can't, I don't think you can count on Arkansas State to score more than seven in this game. So do you think Ohio State's got to get at least 61 then? So he has to get at least 62 for you to go over. And part of it's Ryan Day decision-making. So that part of this, Tyler, does that make college football betting fun or does it drive you crazy because you're trying to be a a psychologist in how the head coach is thinking about what his team needs, what his roster needs, in addition to we know they're going to win, but they can sort of name the score. Yeah, certainly. That's absolutely part of the handicap. And it's something that I spent a lot of time this offseason digging into was garbage time because that's really what we're talking about here. You know, the first three quarters of this game or, you know, the first two and a half quarters, Ohio state, when the starters run, they're going to, they're going to do what they want basically out there. So then at that point, once it turns to garbage time and the backups come in, then it becomes what does Ryan day feel like he wants to work on or they need to work on. And after watching the Notre Dame game, I, you know, I could kind of argue both sides on, on one hand, they need to get the passing game, you know, synced up, I think. And I, I expect them to do that early and often in this game. But once the backups are in, like once we're talking fourth quarter where this total would maybe come into question, I think they're gonna gonna run it and and try to get Mayan Williams going. I don't know how I don't know how long Trey will play in this game, but I think they're gonna want to try to build on the run game from last week too, because they didn't do it for the first three quarters last week, discovered it in the fourth quarter and it ended up, you know, winning them the game, like you pointed out earlier this week on the pod. You know, they, they went to it late in the game and it worked. They drove 95 yards or whatever and, and put the game away. So I think they're he may look to build on that too, which plays itself to an under. So I, I could argue either side of that. But statistically, um, the garbage time is going to favor the favorite. The, generally, the favorite is going to score late. You know, a lot of people talk about like okay. a, back, a backdoor cover with the underdog. That's actually very rare. That doesn't actually happen as much as you may think. It's actually more favors the favorite. So... Um, really? that, that, that pos- it feels that- like all we talk about is backdoor covers, man. It's Scott Van Pelt's fault. I guess it's like, it's like back. It's like hitting an inside straight. Like people love talking about bad beats and backdoor covers, but you're saying they're actually more rare than we believe they are than well, the common idiot like me. So, saying. so the, the caveat there is in the research that I did looking at all of the 2021 season, really once the spread goes North of 31, is when it really becomes like you can pretty much bank on it. I think my stat was 70% of the time when the spread is 31 or more, there was some sort of garbage time scoring and it generally favored the favorite by about seven. So basically the favorite scored a touchdown 70% of the time in a spread uh, of 31 or more. 
And then as far as the okay. total, as far as the total goes, um, obviously it, it favors the over cause you can't deduct points. But, um, I, I think it was like roughly on average nine points per game, uh, in, in garbage time in these high spread games. So, so I, I'm certainly okay. to your point, I'm certainly on alert for that. Um, I don't really know what incentive Ryan Day has to like go for 70 this game. I, I do think they're going to open up the offense, but I, I think that still is going to look like 56 or maybe 63. And like you said, I, I just don't see, I don't see Arkansas state doing anything offensively in this game. Can you put Arkansas state a little bit in context for us? Like when you look at your power ratings, who are the types of teams that are kind of around Arkansas state is Arkansas state, you know, like the the are they the hundredth best team of the hundred and thirty one in major college football? Are they seventieth? Are they a hundred and fifteenth? It's hard, I think, for the average fan when you hear Arkansas State. You know, they're in the Sun Belt on the game preview pod where we do all the football stuff that Stephen and Nathan and I did. We were talking about that. You know, there's some real Sun Belt teams, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, and there have been good teams in that league before, but. It's. It, I think it can be hard to wrap your head around. All right, this team's a huge underdog, but are they, are they awful, 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 or are they actually kind of competitive? Where, where does Arkansas State fall in your mind? So I've got them power rated, tied for one hundredth in the country with Colorado, uh, and then two spots ahead of them is Duke. So that you know that can kind of contextualize. I mean, they're so they're. 12 spots behind Georgia tech. So, you know, some power five uh, context there, you know, they're in that Duke, Duke, Georgia tech, you know, kind of range. Okay. All right. So that, that's helpful actually. Cause, cause Georgia tech, um, like hung around with Clemson at at, like a, tell me about it. (laughs) Two and a half quarters last week, uh, before Clemson kind of pulled away. So that is a little bit of context that maybe, Maybe Arkansas State, which which to me would lead toward the under, which is, I mean, hundredth is not good, but maybe they don't give up seventy, <laughs> right? Well, right. Like that's the context we're looking for, right? Again. And and what I think too is because because odds makers right now, you know, are still relying so heavily on data from last year, which I am too to an extent, but that's why I like this under even more is because we still have so much 2021 data baked into projections and my projection still comes out to an under. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously we know the Ohio state defense was not very good last year and the offense lit it up all year. So the fact that those numbers in my projections um, come out to an under in this game, I really like because I, I think as the season goes on and metrics start to adapt to the Ohio state defense in particular, um, I, I think you're going to start seeing some of these totals come down on, on Ohio State games. So I'm going to I'm going to buy an under high right here uh, in week two. OK, so last week you did like Ohio State minus six and a half in the first quarter. Notre Dame comes out. Ohio State misses a tackle on the first play of the game. It leads to a Notre Dame field goal. And you are cursing the football gods. We know how that goes. Is the under your favorite Ohio State play this week or is there something else inside the game that you like? Yeah, the under, like I said, as soon as this opened, this became a best bet, which, you know, generally I don't have best bets on um, on Ohio State games. So this was something I actually did bet myself already. Um, there wasn't really anything. I mean, Ohio State first quarter line, they're, they're minus 12. You know, if you think they're just going to come out and, and go crazy right off the bat, then, you know, that that's not bad. You're getting them under two touchdowns. I, I, I don't think that's a bad bet. I just like the full game under more. Um, but there, there was nothing else really that I 
that I considered here. Okay. So we'll lead you toward the under. All of that makes sense to me. Uh, Arkansas State, again, as we covered on the game preview pod, they have you know a bunch of transfers and stuff. They're coached by a guy in Butch Jones who's been around the block. So they, they have some guys who know football, but Ohio State has a huge talent edge. You got to get in Ryan Day's head a little bit in a game like this. When we come back, we're going to go around the Power Five conferences. What's T-Shoe picking? What am I picking next on Betting the Buckeyes with T-Shoe? All right, we're back. Last week on these picks, we're going to each make a pick each week, one each from each Power Five conference. We both went three and two. That's a victory lap for me in a huge way, Tyler. I was so, I just, I bet against Brian Kelly. I took Florida State with the points and Florida State won outright. I felt great about that. I thought Rice stunk. USC, I gave the points with that. I felt great about that. Michigan, I thought, no, Colorado State will be competitive. I'll take the points with Colorado State. That was a huge fail. Michigan steamrolled them. Same with Oklahoma. I took the points with the underdog against Oklahoma. Oklahoma steamrolled. steamrolled. So those are my two losses. But then uh, Clemson came through for me. So Clemson kind of did it to you. But then Georgia Tech fell apart at the end of that game. And I ended up, I gave the 22 and a half with Clemson. And it was close early. It's one of those things where they didn't seem like they won by more than 22 and a half. If you watch the first three quarters of the game, but the scoreboard said it, and that was enough to cash my imaginary ticket. Three and two for you also, but Clemson kind of messed you up because you thought you were headed towards four and one. We were a minute and 40 seconds away from being four and one. I mean, really the, the, the only bad, you know, quote unquote bad bet that I had of these last week was Memphis. Um, who I just apparently had overrated because they came out and I mean, they were down 35 to three in no time to Mississippi state. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that one on the chin, but Clemson goes down and scores, goes up 14 to nothing with a minute 40 left. And then lets Georgia tech drive down and kick a field goal right, right before half to, to kill that first half uh, under or first half Clemson bet. So, you know, that's fine. If we can go 60% every week, I'll, I'll certainly take that. All right, so let's go around. What's Where do you want to start? You go first. Give us your pick from one of the Power Five conferences, your bet this week. All right, we can, we'll can. We'll, we'll start in the Big Ten, uh, and I'm going to fade our Michigan friends uh, again, as, as you did last Uh-oh. week. I'm going to – I'm going to – I need a chaser with this one because this, this, makes, me, this makes me nauseous, but I'm going to take Hawaii – plus 52 against Michigan. It opened at 46. It's been driven up a touchdown. I projected at 50. So there's not, you know, not a ton of value on my number. However, lines that have moved three and a half points that create value in my number have gone 17 and six, which is 74% so far this season. And further, Teams that are favored by more than 50 points since 2000 have gone one and seven against the spread. So I'm just, I'm going to play the stats here and and fade Michigan at, at plus 52. That's how rare it is for a team to be a 50 point favorite. Yeah. And that, and that, wow. So that stat, I got, I got that courtesy of ESPN stats and info. And that, that was as of late last November. So that would have included the Ohio state Akron game, which I believe I believe Ohio State, Ohio State might be the one team that covered that because I'm pretty sure they covered against Akron last year, if I recall correctly. So we're going head-to-head because I'm giving the points with Michigan. <laughs> and this is why. We went head-to-head last week on Oklahoma-UTEP, 
and you won the head-to-head battles. We'll have to keep that as a separate stat. You're 1-0 against me in the head-to-head. Here's why I'm given 52 with Michigan. Hawaii lost to Vanderbilt 63 to 10. Hawaii stinks, right? So, but I'm that's not what I'm really doing. I'm going, I'm trying to go inside the brain. So JJ McCarthy is starting this week for Michigan because Michigan is in the midst of a quarterback battle. Cade McNamara started last week. JJ McCarthy came in. This week, JJ McCarthy is going to start. And then Harbaugh says he's going to pick. They also put someone sent me an email. You know, these betting sites are always sending emails. They set odds on who's going to be who's going to win the job. And JJ McCarthy is the favorite which actually makes sense to me because it's like if it was going to be Cade McNamara, he just could have picked Cade McNamara and said he's still the starter. If he's opening it up, that kind of goes toward the other guy. To me, every second that Michigan has the ball, they're going to try to score because they're checking out the quarterback. So if they take out J.J. McCarthy, they're putting in Cade McNamara, who is trying to win the job. So I don't know that Michigan takes its foot off the accelerator and Hawaii is terrible. Like Hawaii's got to be near the bottom of your of your rankings, right? They've got to be in the I know Shahan when we talked about this in the College Football Survivor show, I think he had he ranks them 1 through 131. I think he said he has a Hawaii like 128th. So Hawaii's awful and Michigan doesn't want to stop in my opinion because they're using the game as an experiment. They don't want to give away possessions. So I don't know that they'll throttle it down. And by the way, J.J. McCarthy is going to try to win the job in the first half. He's going to throttle it up now. Maybe he throttles it up too much. He throws a pick six, whatever, right? It can work against you too. But in the midst of a quarterback battle, I'm going to bet on Michigan never stopping. So it is a bunch of points to give. But it would have worked against Vandy. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat him by 53. So can Michigan beat him by 52 in a quarterback battle? I'll take it. Am I thinking like Jim Harbaugh? Am I inside the mind of Jim Harbaugh, Tissue? That's a scary place to be. Place to be. It's a little, eh. Yeah, that, that's a scary place to be. But no, I, I think everything you say makes sense and does make me, like, if that happens, I won't be the least bit surprised. Like I said, I'm I'm just making a straight math play here. But no, everything you said makes sense. And if they come out and win, like, 72 to nothing, I won't be the least bit surprised. <laughs> I really, I realize I just made a huge mistake with one of my picks that I'm going to have to live with because I forgot what conference teams were in. That's funny to me that I did this. We'll get to it as we'll do it right now. I made Texas A&M my Big Twelve pick. I was like, oh, Texas A&M, they're in the Big Twelve, but they're they're not in the Big Twelve. So let me talk about a Big Twelve pick that I wanted to make this week because I've been all over. I have been all over. I've enjoyed talking about BYU all off season, and I've been very eager for this Baylor BYU game this week. It's, a, it's I think it's the best game of the day. It's like, hey, Alabama, Texas at noon. Who cares? Baylor, BYU at 10-15 is what I'm all about. But we don't know if BYU's two starting receivers are going to play. So ba- BYU's favored in that game, which is no small thing. At the moment, the line that I was like, BYU's favored by three and a half. But I, and I would take them. I, I would say, let's lean in on that. Let's lean in and let's just say, I think Baylor might be the best team in the Big 12. And I think BYU can beat them but I can't do it if I don't know if their two best receivers are going to play. So um, I can't, I can't bet that game tissue, but I looked at it. And so I'm going to make Texas A&M, which is in Texas. And there <laughs> are a lot of Texas teams in the big 12. So I'm going to, I'm going to let myself slide on this. Cause I didn't prepare an actual big 12 bet. I like app state plus 18 and a half against Texas A&M 
because they looked a little goofy last week and App State played right with Carolina and they both scored in the 60s. North Carolina beat Appalachian State. Appalachian State's good. Texas A&M, Haynes King was throwing some picks. I don't know. The young skill guys. I love A-Chain. But I just feel like this could be a weird one where App State is like a real program. And this feels like a game where maybe Jimbo gets a little goofy and Texas A&M wins by 10 or 7 instead of 18 and a half. And then people are like, what's up with Texas A&M? So I'm a little bit betting against the coach in a weird spot again. And I'll give myself a break and call it a big 12 game. Any view on Texas A&M in this one? Yeah, and there's a decent chance I actually bet uh, Appalachian State in this game uh, as well. I, I really like that side. I project this game at like 14 and a half. Uh, it opened at 15. Double check that. Yeah, it opened at 15. So again, you know, I, I referenced that line move of three and a half points earlier. So this fits that criteria as far as the line move uh, coupled with my projection. So yeah, I, I love App State in this spot too. You know, their defense looked awful last week against North Carolina in a game that, yeah. you know, went went nuts. But Texas A&M doesn't have that kind of offense. So I, yeah, I, I like it. Because I also project that game to go under. So, you know, I think it's going to be lower scoring and, you know, giving up 18, 19 points in that in that spot is is good. I, I'll, I'll probably join you on that uh, this weekend for sure. OK, the only problem is they're not in the Big 12. So do you have an actual Big 12 bet that actually involves <laughs> they, a Big 12 team? They were at, at some point, I think. <laughs> See, that's enough. That's enough for me. Yeah. All right. So my my Big 12 pick of the week is West Virginia, Kansas under 60. Uh, this this line opened at 54 and a half. So again, it's up almost a full touchdown. I projected 57 and a half. I've got Kansas's offense ranked in my offensive ratings in the 80s, and West Virginia is, is in the 60s. So this is two, you know, below average to put it nicely, offenses going against each other. Um, I, you know, and it's it's Kansas. So uh I, I like this game to go under. I don't. I don't think I need much more of a handicap than that. Okay. Okay. I'll buy that, and that's an actual Big Twelve game. Congratulations on that. Uh, let's stay in the SEC since I accidentally made an SEC pick. I'm going to go Tennessee Pitt, and again, I'm playing emotions a little bit here. Pitt is coming off a crazy win over West Virginia in the backyard brawl. Like that's what that program is all about. They hadn't played the backyard brawl in a decade. Everybody watched it. Everybody loved it. Everybody pointed at it and said. That's what college football is all about. That's what realignment has taken away from us. That's what we should be worried about, not how many teams make the playoff, because that was awesome. And I think Pitt's going to feel the effects of that this week. So Tennessee is minus five and a half on the number I saw. Tennessee destroyed Ball State last week, 59-10. I think in year two of Josh Heupel, they're just a little more competent. People like Hendon Hooker. Last year, Tennessee was seven and six. They were seven and five in the regular season. They were one and four against ranked teams, but they played Bama and Georgia last year. And so I just, I think they might. And plus there was all this goofy Jeremy Pruitt stuff this offseason that when Jeremy Pruitt was there and he was fired two years ago, they were cheating and losing. Man, that's a bad combo, brother. Cheating and losing? That's like a country song. I'm cheating and losing. I'm Jeremy Pruitt. I'm cheating and losing all day. Like you got to do, I mean, do what? Be honest and lose or cheat and win. You can't cheat and lose. My God, what are you doing? So I think there might be like a weird cloud around Tennessee when you're trying to like a, a, imagine this. I th- They're both ranked. 
You know, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison aren't there anymore. They got an emotion-filled win last week. I get it, Keaton Slovis, but I think Hendon is the quarterback for Pitt. But Hendon Hooker's a guy that a lot of people like. They put up 59 last week. I'll give the five and a half with Tennessee against Pitt in a game involving two ranked teams. Yeah, I, I can't argue with anything you just said, um, but when we get to my upset alert of the week, you're going to not like that as much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, All right. What's your SEC pick as we save save the upset? <laughs> so my, I love that we don't talk about this beforehand because then the listeners get you know in real time our our reaction of either agreeing with each other or going against each other in vastly different directions. Uh, so my SEC pick. I also love when you say <laughs> I don't disagree with anything you said, but I'm betting the opposite. By the way, you're so nice but, to me. But see that that's kind of that's kind of my whole thing though is like. I don't, I don't try to out think things from like a um, emotional or like an X, even X's and O's type of thing. I just, I just strictly look at the numbers because frankly, I'm not smart enough in a football sense to be able to be like, Oh, this team probably feels this way. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not that smart. So I just have to rely on formulas to tell me what to think. (laughs) Listen, the thing is I'm also not that smart, but I do it anyway. (laughs) That's the difference between you and I. All right. What's your SEC pick? All right. My SEC pick of the week is in the Alabama-Texas game, I'm going to take the Texas team total under 22 and a half. And I don't know that this is officially out yet, but based on what the line is, that that's what it projects to be. So I would take this, uh, if this comes out even at 21 and a half, I would take it to that point. I wouldn't take it any lower than 21, but 21 and a half or better, Texas team total under. Um, I project them to score right at right at 21. I project this whole game to go under, but I don't trust that Alabama's not just going to do what they want and you know go for 60 against them. So I don't want to take the the full game uh, under. So I'm going to take the Texas team total under down to 21 and a half. So you think Will Anderson is going to tear the arms off Quinn Ewers? Basically, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that that Quinn's going to have a whole lot for what what Bama's bringing. So. Do they have a line on how many arms Quinn Ewers ends the game with attached to his body uh, before I, Dallas Turner and when I understand get in the backfield? Yeah, I, I think it's at one and a half, but it's it's heavily juiced to the under. <laughs> what happens? Well, we just tore off his wrist. Uh, one and a half. It's just a flesh wound. So listen, listen, Texas is trying to get it together. This is a tough spot. Right. Quinn Ewers, I think, is going to be good. I mean, I think a lot of people are out on Quinn Ewers. He still was the number one recruit in the country. It's just going to take a little time. I don't think his second start is going to be it. So I think that's a good a good spot for you to be. I have a total, which I haven't done. I, I'm just going to usually stick to full game stuff, who wins the game against the line. But I was looking at Stanford USC for my, twa- my Pac-12 pick because there's not a lot to pick from in the Pac-12 this week because UCLA, Oregon, Utah, and Washington are all playing FCS schools. I couldn't even find numbers for those. So I feel like I had to, I wanted to address USC-Stanford. And I, it's only seven and a half, which given what USC did last week, I was surprised that the, the line was that low, USC minus seven and a half, because Stanford's not good anymore. And I was like, well, I'll just take USC. But then you look at some of the numbers and then it's like, oh, well, Stanford is competitive there. Stanford was competitive there. And it, it was so surprising to me. I wanted to stay away from it. I'm like, they're suckering me. But I did look Stanford. The total is 66 and a half. And last year, I think Stanford only played in one game that went over 66 and a half the whole year. And it actually was against USC uh, in a game that went to 70. It was 42-28. 
So I just think generally I'll take the under on that of USC Stanford. And I'd rather do that because that leaves room for Stanford to not be very effective offensively necessarily. And maybe USC wins comfortably, but I don't think USC is going to score 60. So I'll just take that game overall going under, which is my indication of, I think USC might win that pretty easily, but the number was so surprising to me. I want to stay away from the seven and a half. So under 66 and a half in Stanford, USC. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually project that a touchdown under as well. Um, and I, so I, I think the reason that line is so high is one because the odds makers. Well, no, I think it's, I think you, it's, is seven and a half what you saw it at? Oh, right? uh, I, I have it, you have at, it at? at eight, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, right, right around okay. there. So no, no but, key. But I guess there. my, impro- but I thought maybe USC would be favored by 13. Because well, Stanford is Stanford. I don't think I, I'm going to get football. This is actually my Pac-12 pick too. But no, I, I meant the I meant the reason that the the total is set so high is because okay. if you just look at the score from from last week's USC game, you know they put up I, I don't even know I think they were in the 60s maybe or 50s. Yeah, but the 60s, they had yeah. they had three pick sixes, three pick sixes, and another 30 yard drive for a touchdown. So I mean they had yeah. 28 points that were free essentially so i think that's really inflated that line um so i'm I'm with you i I think that's a great pick i also have a play on this game uh i bet this i don't really understand it generally these are the type of games where i'm like oh i'm I'm on the underdog here but this opened at 12 i bet it at eight i would bet it up to nine and a half Uh, I, i projected at 10 and honestly, you know, as I've talked about before, I think I've got USC probably slightly underrated right now just because of not being able to really properly account for the, the talent that they accumulated in the in the transfer portal. So I think I've got them a little underrated. So the fact that I found value here on them early in the season, I jumped on that immediately. So I'm I'm on USC minus I got it at minus eight. Okay. That's what I thought too, but it was so obvious to me. I scared myself away from it. But well, and um, I, I, think I expected, we're the same yeah, and I expected everyone to be on USC, and the money right now is about fifty fifty. So I, I don't. Interesting. I think there's some some Stanford love out there, but it's it's not coming from me. Yeah, and I think if you doubt USC, then this winds up being like thirty one to seventeen or something, which is, and then we'll win on the under. So yep. like or I'll win on the under, right? So we both would win on that. But it's like, I think like the doubting, if you're, if you're questioning USC at all, I don't think you're questioning USC into like a tight game. So I don't, okay. We agree on that. ACC. I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of luck finding a game. I loved, I ended up taking Miami minus 25 and a half against Southern Miss because uh, I was looking at the SP plus ratings and Miami was 14th and Southern Miss is 95th. And I felt like, well, I don't know. And I also think, again, trying to read minds, they put up a huge number last week. I think Mario Cristobal is trying to make a statement, and he wants Miami to be on Center, and he wants people talking about Miami. So will Miami be trying to score points with Tyler Van Dyke in the middle of the fourth quarter? I think yes. I don't think Mario Cristobal is there to, to put on the brakes and play third stringers early in the year. I think he's there to get the U back. And so they're clearly better than Southern Miss, and I think they're pedal to the metal, and I'll give 25 and a half. Yep, I, I think as a pick, I would I would agree with that. That that line opened at twenty seven and has has been bet down. I, I don't know where the Southern Miss 
money's coming from. But if, if that that's a, that's a line I've been watching, if that goes under 24 and a half, if I can get 24 or better with Miami, I'm going to bet that. Um, so my ACC pick of the week right. is Duke plus 10 against Northwestern. Uh, the line opened six. Uh, I projected at eight. Northwestern's one of these teams that are fantastic as an underdog, but when they're favored, especially laying double digits, like I just, I can't imagine it. I think they're getting a lot of credit for beating what we've now seen is not a very good Nebraska team after they struggled with an FCS team for a while last week. Um, both, both of these offenses rank in the nineties. So like, I don't anticipate a whole bunch of points. So I'll take, I'll take Duke plus the 10. Yeah. This feels like 22 to 16 yeah. to me. Like uh, that's that I, I, th- I think that's it's, it. 10 Northwestern given 10 to anybody is a dangerous yep. game. So I think that's smart to take Duke with the points there. All right. So TSU and I were both three and two in these picks last week. We'll take that. We'll hope to do it again this week when we come back. Money-making time. It's the upset pick of the week and also getting in the weeds with some under-the-radar games Tyler really likes after this. All right, Tishu, you prepared me for it. I'm not going to like it. I assume your upset pit of the week is Pitt over Tennessee, eh? It is, unfortunately. Um, you know, and again, the, these upset picks of the week, like I, like I said last week, I want these to be underdogs of a touchdown or more. Uh, the last time I saw the line, it was, it was Tennessee minus six and a half. So it fit the criteria. So, you know, these are not going to win statistically. These are not going to win very often, but it's it's an opportunity for you to to kind of get a glimpse into my numbers to see a team that has, you know, long odds that you could bet on the money line for, you know, five, 10 bucks that, that you can go two to one odds on, uh, you know, and, and get a decent return there. So upset alert of the week, I've got Pittsburgh plus uh, 202 on the money line. So basically two to one odds here versus Tennessee. Um, I project this at around five, which is essentially just above a toss up. Um, Tennessee is getting 78% of the money here. Uh, and Pat Narduzzi is kind of one of these coaches that that's similar to Pat Fitzgerald in the underdog role where historically they've just, they've done really well in that underdog role. Uh, so I, I like Pitt to upset Tennessee. Uh, I, I ran 10,000 projections on this. Uh, Pittsburgh won 38% of the time. And based on the odds, there's a 33% implied probability here. So we're getting about a 5% edge on the money line. So that's, that's the upset pick of the week. Last week we lost uh, with Cincinnati against Arkansas. They lost that game by seven, but man, it was we were on the right side of that. They they missed two field goals. They overthrew wide open receivers on sure touchdowns multiple times. So um, you know it, it lost, but I, I feel good about the pick. Luke, get a kicker, bro. Cincinnati had the worst kicking game in the country last year and still managed to make the playoff. Get a kicker. I always, I was like, how could you not find a kicker? I, I thought of you I saying that as, as I'm watching him miss his second field goal. I'm just hearing you reference those stats from last year. And I'm like, how, how are you a playoff team last year? And you don't have a guy that can make a single field goal. If he makes one of those, we, we at least yeah. cover the six and a half last week. Yeah. And like, how did they do it last year? They had like 14 NFL guys on a on a group of five team. If you don't have 14 NFL guys on a group of five team, you need a kicker. Ohio State has five kickers. Send one to Cincinnati. Um, Ryan, share your – We saw how that worked out too, but – Yeah, no Ruggles missed his field goal too. Uh, okay, now we're getting in the weeds. These are some of your best bets. You said last week your best bets went one and two from the show. Correct. But people can follow you on Twitter where you're putting out the stuff that you're really, really, really liking. And how to listen, 
nobody wins every week. We're not trying to make excuses here. But you make more than the bets you have on the show. How'd you do overall with the stuff you liked the most last? Yeah, time? so you know, as opposed to giving out you know twenty different bets on on this show, I try to just narrow it down to three that I like. You know, and so variants will will say that you know sometimes those are going to look awesome, sometimes they're not. But overall, every single thing that I bet, I tweet out. So follow me on Twitter at BuckeyeTie23 to get everything that I'm betting. If you want to, you know, just kind of tail and get the whole tissue experience, uh, which some people do. Uh, people are in my DMs every week, like, all right, what are, what are we doing? So uh, those those picks, though, all of my bets last last Saturday went ten and six, which was great. I was really happy with that. Um, and one one nugget that I did tweet out that I I wanted to point out here on the show. My overall, so you know, I put projections out on every single game, and my totals for every game last week went, um, I think, twenty three and seven or twenty three and eight uh, to look at the final numbers. But excellent, excellent on totals. So every best bet I'm giving out here this week is going to be a total, and I'm going to start with Toledo and UMass over forty nine. Uh, I project this total at around fifty four. The line opened at fifty seven and a half and has dropped eight and a half points. So that right there uh, is is a huge red flag to me. Uh, and I pointed this out on Twitter after looking at uh, the results from last week. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, that that trend of Lions moving three and a half points in my favor uh, went 17 and six so far this year. Uh, the under is getting 67% of the money and in 10,000 simulations on this game, the over cash 62% of the time. So that's that's best bet number one. And by the way, Ohio State fans, you have a reason to watch and bet Toledo because Ohio State plays Toledo next week. So you're going to be watching the ticker just out of curiosity. Oh, hey, oh, wonder how those Rockets are doing because they're going to play Ohio State in prime time. So then you can drop a little coin on it in the meantime and root for the over while you're just paying more attention to a Toledo UMass game than you normally would because we know you're scouting for next week. All right, that's pick one. What else? All right, so getting further into the weeds, I like Tulsa and Northern Illinois under 62. Uh, so this line opened 54 and a half. So again, another full over full touchdown line move here. Uh, I project this game at 57. So we're getting five points of value there on my projection. The over is getting 70% of the money, uh, which makes me even more confident because um, sides and totals that are getting 70% of the, or more of the dollars wagered have gone just 22 and 36 so far, which is 38%. That is so that is unbelievable. Yeah. That the main point of betting is when everybody believes it, it's wrong. That's <laughs> one of the best things. It's like be on the T shoe side of things. Don't go in with the normals. Go in with the sharps. I can't believe what about people are idiots how dumb are we that as soon as we coalesce around a common idea it's wrong (laughs) how do we function as a society my gosh okay wow okay so this is a double whammy here the line moved that much and everybody's liking the other side so you're all about yeah i mean that's automatic so that you know that's essentially an automatic bet for me uh and again on the on the simulations the under hit 63 percent of the time so moving on to the last best bet of the week I'm going Syracuse and UConn over 49. Um, as a side note here, I didn't have this in the notes, but Syracuse's quarterback was quarterback of the week uh, by PFF this past week for his performance. Uh, he was excellent. Last week against Louisville, where they put up uh, over over 30 points against Louisville, who isn't great, but is you know an ACC team. 
this line opened at 54 and a half uh, before being but down here to where it's at south of 50. I projected at 52. Uh, I've got Syracuse scoring at least 38 points in this game, which I think is going to be conservative given that they put up almost that against against Louisville last week. And get this, 97% of the money is on the under. And for all of 2021 last year, sides and totals that got 90% or more of the money went 61 and 84, which is 42%. And these teams combined to go over uh, 49 and 58% of my simulation. So that's Syracuse, UConn over 49 is best bet number three for me. We're learning so much about human nature on this show. (laughs) Not just betting. This is, it was one of the lightning strikes of my life as a journalist when I was a young journalist and I would be in a news conference and I would be hesitant to ask a question. And again, in the end, I didn't get any smarter. I just realized that everybody's as dumb as I am. And so we're reinforcing that here every week. You don't have to be a genius at this stuff. Just be slightly less (laughs) dumb than the 97% who are taking the under in Yukon Syracuse. Uh, Tishu, we love getting in the weeds with you. Sometimes we like to talk about like little betting advice. Is there anything like as people again are trying to learn this a little bit, any little tidbit that you would offer here? Yes. Um, so in, in short, getting key numbers is extremely vital in, in betting. And so when you're talking about a side, you know, a point spread, you want to be getting numbers of like three, seven, 10, 21, you know, Totals that, based on how football is scored, those are those are more likely uh, outcomes. So, for instance, if you like Ohio State, say minus ten and a half in a game, don't bet them at ten and a half. Wait for the line to get bet down to ten. If it doesn't, you can also live bet it during the game generally and get and get a better number. But you literally almost double your chance of winning um, because, for instance, games end on ten about four and a half percent of the time, but they're, but they're going to land on 11, like 2% of the time. So it's literally twice as frequent that they're going to land on 10 than 11. So getting that, getting rid of that half point double, essentially doubles your chance of winning the bet. Uh, And I've got a full write up on that uh, today on cleveland.com. So make sure you read that. And yeah, just one of those things, like in your head, you might think like, Oh, six and a half versus seven and a half in a game. What's one point. It's not that big a deal. That's a chasm, right? That's that if your team, you know, if you're given six and a half or you're given seven and a half, your team wins by a touchdown. It's the difference between winning and losing. So I think that, you know, people who follow football, you understand that. But from a betting standpoint, again, that's what you're talking about with these key numbers. Like six and a half, seven and a half, that, that's something that's like between go and not go. For I, absolutely. On a bet, right. Would that be? Yeah. Like, like, that's you know, like, like you, you yeah. mentioned your Miami okay. pick at, at 25 and a half. And again, making these picks like we, we don't have a choice to, to wait on the line, but in terms of actual betting, I'm looking at that line and waiting on it to go to 24, or I'm not going to bet it. I, I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice that much value uh, and and just statistical probability um, to to make a bet. Okay, that's the advice from Tyler Shoemaker, the official bookmaker of Buckeye Talk. Again, the Twitter handle Ty. If people want to follow along with everything you're doing during the week, yep. where can they catch you? Buckeye Ty 23. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's that's followed me over the last couple of weeks. I've gotten a ton of new followers uh, from the show. Great interactions. You know, I, I respond to everyone. So if you have questions uh, or, you know, want me to take a look at your betting card and, and tell you what I think of your picks, uh, happy to do that. Uh, but I've really enjoyed that. And uh, definitely follow me there. I've, I've tweeted out a ton of 
just betting nuggets and info uh, already here today uh, of stuff that I've come across. And I, like I said, I always tweet out every single thing that I personally bet. So you can follow along with everything I'm doing. And also when in doubt, bet against Brian Kelly. That's also, well, that'll be one of the tidbits eventually probably is find a ding dong coach and then say, not that guy. All right. We love doing it. We hope you guys are enjoying it. We had good listenership numbers last week on this, and you guys are also make sure you catch just sort of like the Ohio State game preview where Nathan and Stephen and I on the other Buckeye talk that comes out on Fridays talked about Ohio State and Arkansas State. We talked a lot about Ryan Day and his ego as a play caller because Ryan Day talked about that. So we're giving you both these kind of previews, one all about the Buckeyes and football, one from a gambling perspective, and we think we're, we're, we're bringing lots of good value to lots of different people, but we definitely could not do this without Tyler Shoemaker. Tissue, we'll catch you next week. For Tissue, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. <laughs>